Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be talking about the IFC film For Samosas. We are joined today by writer and director Ravi Kapoor and producer and actor Venk Patula. And Ravi, I wanted to start by talking a little bit about the way in which you wanted to tell this story. Um, I've heard you say that you really see heist movies as relationship movies because it's so much about bringing people together and creating this camaraderie. And so with that in mind, in the way that you've told this story with Vinny at, at the center as a character, um, I was interested in how that influenced a lot of your choices in the writing and directing of this film. Yeah, you know, I always also wanted to make a really quirky kind of heist movie as well, where we didn't have any guns or car chases or fancy gadgets. Um, something what we call a lo-fi heist movie. So I'd always been interested in trying to figure out how how that would work and figuring out if there was a way to kind of mess with the conventions of the high story as well and just kind of subvert them a little bit and find more funny, unconventional, kind of quirky ways of, of telling the same story, but in a completely different way. And Venk was somebody who I wrote the film with in mind because I thought he'd be the perfect lead for a film about a group of outsiders who are doing a heist. And and all of them should never be doing a heist. They're completely <laughs> ill-equipped. Ill-equipped. I love that. And, and Venk, you know, I've heard you say that one of the things that really drew you into the character when you read the script was just a lot of his vulnerability and fragility as a character. You know, he's so stagnated in terms of there's so many things that he wants to do in the world and in his life, but he, it's almost like the fear is crippling to this point of mm. just not being able to move forward, you know, in his romantic life, in certain friendships, professionally, in his idea for his music career. Um, and so as you were starting to shape the idea of how you wanted to capture him and portray him, how did that driving force of, of making sure that the vulnerability was such a driving force um, become a foundation for you? I mean, I think it's a great question. And I feel that uh, it was really about leaning in. I, that's what spoke to me when I read Vinny uh, for the first time. It was that, oh, wow, this guy is really insecure. And he's also just, I, I just, I really resonated with that feeling of wanting, because I, I never, I don't feel that, you know, he says in the beginning that, um, he wants to take on the world. And so there's that feeling of wanting to change yourself, but somehow knowing that you can't or there's something blocking you. And I think it's very different from being in a place where you've completely rejected any idea of being vulnerable and trying to put yourself out there. He is rapping of a kind in the beginning of the film. And so it's not that he's doing nothing per se, but he hasn't quite, we often talk about this film being a message to about finding your voice and finding your community. And I think that, that little block, I think a lot of us go through is something similar, whether you're creative or whether you're not or whatever, whatever you might be pursuing. And so for me in my own life, I felt that way. And so I just instantly locked it. I was like, I just know who this guy is and what he's going through. And of course, knowing that the character was it's always inspired by, I guess, my own life <laughs> was, uh, uh, I guess, in conversations that we might have shared was also an honor, really, to see that manifested in the character. And so... I just knew that if I, if we could get the chance to tell this story, then I could really bring something to this guy that I don't know if anyone else would have found. I, I love that. Sorry. And I was just going to say, it's. I think the other thing about Vinny as well, and Vank talks about it too, is this idea of he's, it's just about putting it out there as well. It's like, he is rapping at the beginning. He is trying things. He's, he's creating and making stuff, but he's not putting it out and saying, here you go, knock me down or build me up, do whatever you want with me. But for better or worse, here, here I am. In some ways, he's scared of that, making that final step of, of going, 
I'm I'm going to put myself out in the town square and be ready to have the the crap thrown at me or or not. Hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> exactly. And for both of you in in finding that that kind of narrative momentum for him as a character as to what where is the tipping point going to come of when he finally feels comf- confident enough in himself to to make more actions and to move forward in different ways and come up with a heist with a whole group of friends um did you did you find it fairly organically in terms of just like the first act of the film building up to that place of okay now he's actually going to do something rather than projecting and and talking about the idea yeah, I think it was always we were reaching for the end of that first act as the place where he goes, okay, now I'm going to do something. But that something is is the heist and that that's a misplaced energy in some ways. It's not the right thing to to be done. So it's later on that he kind of discovers that the thing he really should be doing, which is telling the woman that he loves, that he loves her in, in, in the most open and authentic and honest way he possibly can. He doesn't realize until later in, in, in the film and that like at, at the end of the third act, I, I was put my films in four acts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but definitely we wanted to kind of get him going on that journey of making the misplaced um, attempt to get the diamonds right at the at the cusp of that the end of the first act and i think you know just to go into it because we're here i feel there's there's an element to it that Vinny knows i think he 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 knows that this isn't right and he has a conversation with the character that ravi plays where he's like i know this isn't right but sometimes i feel we have that moment where we don't know whether something's going to work out but we flock into something and just trust that even if this isn't right it's going to lead us to where we need to go. And I think that's what ends up. He doesn't realize it necessarily, but I think instinctually kind of on that subconscious level, this heist is, is something to get to where he knows he wants to go at the end of the day. And to, Maybe, sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to say, and just to keep going with that metaphor as well, <laughs> I, I went on a, I went on a hike today and I was going, first you go up the street and it says dead end. And you go, oh, in normal circumstances, you go, oh, this is a dead end. It's going to lead nowhere. But then you get on the little trail that goes on this beautiful hike. And in some ways, that's what happens with Vinny. Really, yeah. the heist should be a dead end, but it leads up into this beautiful place of realization and self-discovery. That's so great. Because you were both mentioning as well, um, his music his music in the film and the, the rapping at the beginning is very different to the musical performance that he gives at the end, in part because that's also him collaborating with other people that he's built these friendships and this whole group dynamic with. Um, and so how did you set about finding collectively what is his voice as a musician, as an artist? What are the things that he wants to say through the lyrics that he's writing for himself? And how is that going to evolve from the beginning to the end of the film? I mean, it was in some ways it was kind of like, you know, he's beginning in the the beginning of the film. He's beginning as a, as a rapper and he's trying to write pure rap in some ways and be and be a hip hop artist. And I think by the end, it was kind of like trying to figure out what is what's almost the opposite. It's not the, the complete opposite to what he's beginning at the end, but it's definitely a completely different feel. And in some ways, it's a very cheesy ultra kind of cheesy love story that or song that he he performs at the very end and it's so vulnerable and so in, in some ways it's it's so simplistic 
that <laughs> you ca- you can't help but kind of fall in love with his honesty in the way he he was he was telling the telling the story and and declaring his love as well. So he was trying to find that real contrast, I think, between between the hip hop and something a lot more vulnerable. I think too in creative pursuits. Um we're always trying to think of what's the idea of what we want versus who we are. And I think that's where we are at the beginning of this thing, where he's trying to be in something that isn't him, but thinks that's what, that's the version of himself he should be. And it's scarier to kind of go in and deeper and do the cheesy thing, do the thing that, you know, would be considered quote unquote bad by rap standards, let's say. Right. But it's still him. It's him. And I think that's what we are all trying to get to that place where we feel that it's I don't. And that's part of the thing, whether you put it out there, whether people like it or not. But if it feels like it's you, then you can't lose if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We're all trying to get to the cheese. (laughs) We're we're trying to get to our inner cheese is where we're all reaching for. (laughs) We're all corny, aren't we? Yeah. (laughs) He's, he's a character who who right from the get-go has such an in, infectious energy, you know, even just those opening scenes where he's rolling across the store to his co-worker and is talking to her in conversation and she's never even responding to anything and he's holding a one-man conversation, but it's super <laughs> engaging to listen to. And then he's like, do you want to hear my latest lyrics? Like, this is what I've been working on. Um, and so how did you want to set about really just like bringing the audience like straight in at the beginning of the film and finding that really infectious charisma and energy that he has, because obviously that then comes into play later in the film as to, to why everybody wants to rally around him and be part of this heist with him. Vank. Oh God. Well, I, I, I mean, for me, it, it's in the, the, I mean, it's there in the way he was written, you know, there is this element of, I mean, with that conversation, particularly in the beginning with Pushpa, I, I think he does sort of, it is sort of a one-man show, but he has a relationship with her. And we talked a lot about how this is a thing for them, right? This isn't the first time. Like This is just how they talk. And I think in some ways, maybe Vinny understands people. I don't know, because he is able to kind of appeal to everyone's seeming needs, even if it's for his own gay and selfish gain in the beginning. He is in some ways thinking about other people like, hey, maybe you could go to Bollywood <laughs> you know, to his friend Zach. Um, and I think he does genuinely believe that he is talented and could do that, those things. So for me, when I read the character, it was all genuine, even if it was also a little selfish. And I think we don't see that often about genuinely being selfish in, in like, you know, that, that wasn't the right mix. But if that makes sense, I think it all came from a good place, even though it was self-serving. And for you, Ravi? Yeah, I, I I think like Frank says, I think there's a vulnerability about the character that I I think is really appealing, and the way Frank plays the character as well is very charming. It, it, despite the fact that he's a little bit of a malcontent, and he's he can be selfish and and, and annoying as well. I think Frank brings such a charm to the character as well that you can't help but kind of go along with this journey and fall in love with him and and go okay, go on then, steal it, do it. And we'll come with you. You're an idiot, but we'll come with you. And I and I think in some ways that that enthusiasm that he that he has for it is what brings these other people on board as well. But I think also those other people kind of recognize themselves in him as well. They recognize the outsiderish, outsiderish, outsiderishness, the outsider nature. I don't know what the word yeah. is. 
the the Vegas or Vinny has in themselves as well. So it's uh, I think it becomes a, a it becomes a, a a point of connection between all the characters too. Absolutely. And and Venk, there's something that, that you've mentioned in terms of how you approach this character as well. And that the the film is a comedy and has a lot of comedic elements, but that it was important for you and your character to not play f- to the comedy because for him, the emotional stakes are really high. They're all very real. You know, his life hangs in the balance of if he can muster it together to tell the woman that he loves that he loves her. And that's going to spawn wherever his life is going in the next few years um and so how did you want to go into this kind of very aware of a lot of the comedic beats that are written into the script that were in performances in the in the mm. film and yet also not being the person to kind of play to landing on the beats in specific ways you know it's it's really interesting because i've been acting for a long time and i've done a lot of comedy and that tends to be where people put me but i remember i went to ucla and studied acting there and uh, I remember doing a scene from like Henry the uh, uh, like Hotspur, and I think it was Henry the Fourth Part One, and it was a dramatic scene. But when I did that scene, it ended up being a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise you, I wasn't trying to play for the joke. <laughs> and uh, it's been a lot of. Been, and then I would think, I'd be like, I don't understand. What am I? What am I not getting? You know. And sometimes I feel like I'm not in on my own joke. If that makes sense. <laughs> and Ruby's laughing because he knows it's true. And I think I'm getting better at it the older I'm getting, but I'm not quite there yet. And so a part of me knew that with this character, oh, it was actually a relief to not have to play the joke because I knew that the comedy would come naturally through me just because it's just there in me. I don't know. It's it's hard to teach it, I always feel. And I've always had it, whether for better or for worse, truthfully. So I just knew, okay, well, but the thing I can do is play the emotional stakes and really be this person. And and the challenge, like, like you mentioned, was trying to find the emotional core, which is that he's heartbroken, you know, and he feels, and he wants to feel like he can belong to something. He's He, he feels like he's on the fringes and on the outside, and he's lonely, basically. So that was always the thing I was actually trying to bring into the scene. And I knew that Ravi and the other cast, they're going to bring the comedy. And even if people don't, see that completely because there is it is a comedy and there is all that I guess I just trusted that this the seed of that might show up in a scene or two and we would we would get it uh just through the uh you know um through the osmosis of of the of the movie and Ravi as you were writing the script and coming up with a lot of the the narrative beats of how are they going to try and achieve what their goal is um how did you set about figuring out a narrative that worked in terms of what is attainable for this group that are trying to pull off this heist so it's completely believable that they would think to put costumes on and hide in the grocery store and wait till after hours and be in the bathroom and you know stand on the bathroom stall but also it's completely believable that they wouldn't be able to figure out how to actually break into the safe once they get into that room and you know so what are they going to try then and so how did you find that balance of you know we want to have these kind of like high stakes we want to have comedic elements but we always want to feel like the audience believes that this is a very real true scenario for these particular characters in this world yeah i think it was always about trying to set up from the beginning the tone of the film in terms of and the the reality of the world that we were living in as well which is a heightened reality it's not a reality that we know these people do live in almost like a parallel universe of of artesia artesia's little india and they are in some ways the clowns it's a clown piece to, to some degrees and i felt as long as we kind of set up that at the beginning in terms of 
this world that we're living in and these people who they are, that they are not quite real, that the audience will kind of come along and buy into the journey and the particular predicaments that they find themselves in as they're trying to pull off this heist. They will they will get that the 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 engineer is not really a very good engineer at all <laughs> and really doesn't know what she's doing and uh, is really more interested in, in in eating the snacks. So I just kind of felt if we set up everything right at the beginning in terms of the world we were living in, the audience would come along with that. Um, but it was always a, it's always a balance because you don't want to kick the audience out too much where they just go, this is so ridiculous, even in the world that you've created. So mm-hmm. it was always trying to figure out, have, have we set it up enough? Have we set up the expectations up in the right way? And with what you were saying there as well about finding the voice of the movie tonally, it also feels like a movie that that really is paying homage in a lot to a lot of kind of like eighties and nineties movies in that style with the, with the aspects that feel more heightened, you know, even just going down to the fact that there's these challenges and there's this challenge off, but actually, you know, Vinny's group are naturally better at talking in a debate because they have someone who will just talk for hours and hours and hours on end, (laughs) ultimately winning. Um, And so when it came to things like creating a montage sequence that, you know, in one movie could have been Rocky running up the stairs, but in this is, is the, the different challenges and tasks that they're doing how did you find those little beats and how you wanted these characters in this world to really pay homage to the genre at the same time you know a lot of that was about trying to discover what the characters superpowers were and how do they each um contribute towards making this heist possible and whether they succeed or don't succeed it was trying to figure out what is it that they have that they they can that nobody else in, in the group or even in this little world they live in might might possess um so a lot of who was trying to figure that out, and then just also kind of living in the environment of of a little India as well, of going, what's specific about this place that we can play with as well? Who are the other people that they come into contact with? And therefore, what are the situations that develop out of that as well? So we're trying to figure out how we can use this unique world where we were setting a heist, because I, I don't know... I don't know a movie set in a, in a little India in America where a heist movie before that that has been done specifically not off the top of my head. So I felt like, oh, this is kind of partly what makes this film unique is the world we're living in as well. That's so great. And, and Venk, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the relationship that you had with the camera, because even the aspect ratio of how the movie is filmed brings us in very close to you, the other characters in your performance. And there's a lot of moments where instead of the camera being on a two shot for conversations, it's in a close up as you're in conversation with it with someone else or the camera is moving between three of you depending on who's talking within a scene and so what was that relationship that you ended up having in terms of of the dynamic of your performance in the camera given that it is so close to you so much of the film yeah you gotta get comfortable huh (laughs) yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta kind of let go of uh, any ideas of being self-conscious which to be fair I had done a long time ago you know I often say I don't have any shame um, <laughs> I, I know it, it, I think the biggest challenge with that was, and it's like any movie set, right? It's like, there's always stuff going on. That's never convenient for you as an actor to be able to do what you need to do, but that's the job. It doesn't matter. You put the camera, over, you put the camera over there and it could be a bunch of things happening, but my job is to do what I have to do to, to play this character and tell the story in, in the role that I have. So, you know, I mean, I can say it's what a big part of it was looking at a lot of tape and acting to tape 
and like having an actor be like slightly off. It's like if I'm looking at you, but I'm acting over here, but you're there. It's, you know, it was that kind of stuff because with that wide lens, you have to make sure the eyelines are all going to match. And um, yeah, I, 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 but I wasn't really nervous about it. I guess I kind of felt as well. We talked earlier about the style of this thing being heightened that let's lean into it. Like we're not trying to make, I definitely had a moment where, I was getting in my head about the acting in some ways and the heightened acting style being very different from what you learn in a Meisner acting class and that naturalistic Marlon Brando thing that everyone wants to do, you know, and the Johnny Depp subtlety and whatnot. This is not that, right? And it had to be one of those things of leaning into that and letting go of this is not the right acting style. And that is a skill in of itself. So I think at that point, I kind of leaned into it and said, Put the you could put the camera right here. We're gonna make this movie. Like put it wherever you want. Let's do it. I love that. Once you once you allowed yourself to to lean into those heightened aspects in terms of what it required from your performance, like you were saying, it is such a specific skill set. Did you find the line of where you wanted to carry that to and where you felt like you could push that to, where it still felt very emotionally grounded fairly early on, or was it a little bit of trial and error in some of the early scenes for you? I'm laughing because <laughs> I will say this. Whatever I thought was big was never what Rubby thought was big. <laughs> so, so when I say big, I mean in terms of matching the style. So there were definitely many times where it was the back and forth of Rubby be like, you know, you could you you could go for it, man. Go for it. <laughs> and I'd be like, I feel like I'm going for it, man. I feel like he's like, well, you really go for it. I'm like, all right, I got you, I got you. <laughs> and then at that point, it was just like, okay, let me let me just like lean into the style. If I was leaning into it, I thought 100. percent I was doing it. It was about going 250. percent um, again, the challenge was trying to keep it because for me, I, I wanted to not lose. I didn't want to lo- pop the balloon, if that makes sense, the, the emotional air balloon and then pop and then it's all out. And then and then it just feels it doesn't feel like it's full. It just feels empty. And I never wanted that to ever happen. So that's why I think we had to find that balance. And Ravi, you can speak about how far are we going to go and which take and which scene and 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 then trusting Ravi to be like, you know what, let's just go for it in this one. Um, and if it and if the bubble pop, if the balloon pops, then then, then screw it. <laughs> it's fine. Maybe I maybe it's just what I think, and that's not going to come across to the audience. Yeah, I mean, just just to kind of piggyback on what Bank was saying, I think the this particular kind of performance style it requires you to to be rooted in something real, and it requires you to be rooted in something emotional as well. Other and then the more the more rooted it is, the 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 bigger you can go, I think. But if if you're not quite rooted in it and you're not really hanging on to, to a core of anything, then it it just becomes fluff in some ways. And Venk did a great job, I think, of really rooting into the emotional core of the character, which allowed him then to go as as big as we needed him to go because it was always connected to something. Absolutely. And and for you in directing this film as well, what what was kind of the genesis moment of, I want to use the wide lens, I really want to come in close and, and coming up with a lot of that cinematic language that you've used with the camera to really lean into the tone and the voice of the film? You know, I'd done it a little bit with uh, some of my short films in the past as well. You Like there was one short film where we just used this, uh, one wide angle lens for every every shot. So wide, wide shots, close ups everything and which is what we did with this film as well we only use one lens except for a couple of fantasy moments um 
but the and so the desire was always to kind of really push the visuals on this and find a way to make it as defined as we possibly could as, as a film and there were definitely some influences in you know in terms of things movies like delicatessen is a movie that i love and it, again it's a kind of very clown theater-based kind of movie as well and there's a lot of wide angle lenses in in there too um, and then the four by three, it was, it was about, and, and we do these curved corners was about trying to create a retro feel for the movie as well. So it felt like it was from another time that it was almost like a home movie on steroids. Um, so there was a, and also we, we always chose never to shoot over the shoulder shots and just shoot everything inside. So we kind of gave ourselves a lot of, a lot of limitations to free us creatively in a weird way. And I think it allowed us to create something very, very specific on a visual visual style. And even in the edit, when we got in the edit, it was like, let's always, whenever anybody is talking, let's always be on them. Let's never, let's have, never have uh, lines off camera. And again, that's about creating a very defined editorial style for the film as well. And I think it's because you know we're we're not a we're not a high budget movie. We're we're quite the opposite. And it was it was about how can we use that to our advantage how can we not try and be slick slick and actually be um be lo-fi cool i i love those details in it and it really (laughs) adds to the way that you've told this story and it was such such an enjoyable film to watch so congratulations on everything with the film and its upcoming release and thank you so much to both of you for talking about it i appreciate it awesome really appreciate it thanks for having us